Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's going to be better Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and we'd like to thank the affiliates here in Portland, KPM and KSEY in Wichita Falls and WEEU back in Pennsylvania, the Golf News Network, and every other aspect of golf under the sun. This segment of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also Ben Hogan Golf. Home of the Hogan Demo Program, no risk or obligation. Well, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that there's been some kerfuffles in the pro golf tours, men's. Um, And we just had one of the big kerfuffles here in Portland, the LIV tournament out at Pumpkin Ridge. And my good friend, partner, and devil may care flying fool himself, Steve Tapala was one of the official photographers out there. And I've worked with Steve many times on tournaments, but I will say that I was not invited to LIV. And this is not a get LIV show, but I thought we would talk to somebody firsthand who spent three days out there amongst them and get their take. Dipper, welcome. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. So what was your overall thoughts? Well, um, I kind of went into the thing with trepidation. I wasn't crazy about the plan. Uh, I'm so I, I went in not expecting a, a great experience. Um, I would say for the casual golf fan, uh, the, you know, maybe someone that doesn't know a lot of the names and, and the ins and outs of golf, they probably had a great time out there. I mean, it was, uh, it was kind of had a, uh, more of a social feel to it, almost like a little bit like the Waste Management Open in Scottsdale. You know, we know that's a huge party, but this had a little bit of that kind of feel about it. You know, pretty relaxed, people talking and a lot of, it wasn't a hush of, uh, you know, like a master's gallery or anything like right. that. There was there was a bustle to it. Um, and that might be because, you know, they're just not diehard golf fans. So, you know, I thought from a fan experience, uh, especially people maybe that hadn't been around professional golf, they probably loved it. I think, you know, it was everything about it. Uh, uh, as far as a, a true golf fan, which I consider myself, I, I just couldn't get into the competition and get a feel for who was ahead, who was playing well. It just didn't have, it almost, and I, I, I'm stealing this, but it almost had an exhibition feel to it. Like, hey, these are great people guys at golf and you can go out and see how they, how far they hit it and how well they putt and chip and all that. But it never felt like you had, Oh, this guy's making a charge or this guy's falling apart. It just kind of just went along slowly. You know, you kind of moved around and you saw some good shots. You saw, I saw some poor shots. Um, there are players in these uh, LIV events that are 
not highly ranked and some of them have just turned pro from being amateurs or they're at the end of their careers or they've never really got their career going very much. So we saw quite a cross-section of talent there, that's for sure, in only 48 players. Uh, you know, instead of 100, and, I, I'm not sure what a regular PGA Tour 156, has, but, yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah, 156. So, you know, you're talking about <laughs> a third or less of uh, right. the a size field. So you're going to, you know, you might have five five to 10 really good guys and maybe another five to 10, not so great. And then the rest are, eh, you know, okay. But so well, when, it was a, go ahead. When, when you were shooting mm-hmm. and let's say you were shooting, pick a couple names here, uh, Graham McDowell and Phil Mickelson. I don't know if mm-hmm. they were paired. I don't care, but yeah. if you were shooting them, and then you looked across because at Pumpkin Ridge, you can do that. You can look across to another tee box or another green. Were they following the big names and then not so much the unknowns or what? Yes. Yes, they were. There was definitely a crowd around. Um, and, and, you know, s- smartly, the, the live golf or I call it live, but LIV golf folks, they, they did pair the, the marquee names together and uh in subsequent holes so in other words you know you would have if you stayed in one place three or four groups would come by and that would have the marquee players in it so they weren't spread all over the place so you could you could kind of follow that grouping and like you said you could be at the green here when mickelson's on the green and behind you dustin johnson's teeing off of the next hole kind of thing so they did that um and but as the the week the three days went on of course the they wanted to try and have the leaders finishing close to the 18th hole. They couldn't predict it exactly. So second and third days, they put the leaders off uh, being a shotgun start. And, you know, they needed to try and figure out a way to have those guys finishing in the biggest, where the biggest grandstands were that could accommodate the larger amount of people. So yeah, in short answer to your question, yes, they were kind of grouped together. You didn't have to go from point, you know, from the far points of the golf course to find, uh, you know, most of the stars. The number of stars. I mean, was there a dozen? Was there 20? Was there 10? Uh, no. I mean, I, best I guess. Like, I, I would say there, and I, you know, I follow golf pretty closely, as you know. Right. I would say there was probably eight to 10 names out of the 48. It's like, yeah, I know who that guy is. I know he's played on the tour. He's had either some success or a lot of success. But I'd say out of the 48, about 10 um, that I could say, oh, yeah, that, that that's a name I know from, you know, previous time on PGA. Yeah. yeah. So, so about 20 percent. Yeah, roughly. Maybe. Yeah. Like that. Just just interesting because. Even during um, this last weekend at the John Deere's, I can't. I, oh, it was uh, Paul Casey decided he was going to jump over to LIV. Um, not sure why he's had a very successful career on the European tour and here in the States. Yeah. So I don't know. It's all financial. I think it's all money. I agree. I agree. And how did, how, did, how were the layouts? I mean, for those of us who did not get invited and you can only see what images there are, videos there are, but how were the, the layouts? Like you said, you couldn't really tell when a certain group with the leaders in it, if they were both leading or close to the top, you weren't sure that they were actually going to finish on 18. So how, how did the, 
the physical layout of things work? Well, I think in general, there was, and I should say, Pumpkin Ridge has uh, two 18-hole courses. One's private, one's public. And what they did is they combined holes from both courses to get the, the course long enough for the these guys that hit it so far now. So right. uh, there, there was a little different, like anyone who'd been to Pumpkin Ridge prior, as a, you know, just playing it themselves, it was a little confusing. It took a little while to sort of grasp the, the routing through the, the way the course was. But at any rate, there was about, a, uh, I'd say... Um, a good six to maybe eight holes that were kind of within the same proximity. So you could, without a lot of walking, you could find some golf to watch. But, you know, as you got out on the, more of the corners of the, the layout, so to speak, it was thinner crowds. And, you know, it was just a, a matter of, uh, you know, either picking your spot and let them come through or trying to follow a group. So, I mean, it just depended on how much you wanted to walk. Uh, as far as the build out which was actually quite impressive and maybe a little overkill but they had you know of course suites and and uh tents and they also had like uh just open seating areas almost like grandstands you, you might call them uh and they were built in strategic places around of course around the first tee you know the to be able there to see you know the guys go off the very first hole the, and then at 18 there was a real big build there the uh, parking lots had lots of like fan experience kind of things going on, you know, putting and chipping and uh, right. probably some video. I didn't get all through it, but I think there was a lot of sort of fan and interaction kind of activity in the parking lot. And then they had a massive media center built, um, probably, I don't know, three times bigger than it really probably needed to be because we were, it was thin in there. I would say the media center probably was capable of holding a hundred or more uh, work, people working for the media, but I'd say there was probably no more than 15 to 20 in there at any moment. So it, we had lots of space. So, you know, as far as the pandemic goes, we weren't sitting, you know, elbow to elbow in the right. media center, uh, but it was a, a big building. Uh, they took care of the media as far as uh, uh, media dining and, and uh, beverages. We had any and everything we wanted. Uh, that was pretty well done. And I'd say overall, that's kind of covers the basis. Okay. We're going to take a break here on grilling at the green. We're going to be back with Steve DePaula, a professional photographer shooting for one of the agencies out at the LIV tournament and giving his overview of what he saw. Um, when we come back, please stay with us. Hi everybody. It's JT. And this is a special version of grilling at the green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, the answer in Portland, Golf News Network, KSEY, W. W-E-E-U. I can't ever get it all right. Anyway, and a few other stations floating around the country. If you'd like to email us, it's really easy. Just info at grillingatthegreen.net. You can find us on Facebook. Send us a message there. Um, we're also on the AM860. That's our home station here in Portland. We're on their website. We're talking with Steve DePaula today. Steve and I went to college together. I've worked for him. He's worked for me. Uh, we've known each other a long time, and I trust this man implicitly uh, to tell us what's going on. You told me off the air that 
the presentation ceremony kind of looked like a NASCAR deal. Yeah, you still did. stand by that? Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy. Um, we were told to expect something like that, so it wasn't a total surprise. But the the implementation of the the thing didn't quite go as as well. I, if I could, if they sent me a survey, I'd say mm, you probably should have done A, B, C instead of what you did. You know. Yeah. But it, what they did is they got them. They got them up on a stage. They had the three leveled uh, kind of platform set up with, you know, the middle one is one and then the little lower is two. And then on the other side, a little lower is third. So they did the instead of the, you know, most golf tournaments, they just have a trophy and, and present to the winner. This time they had the first, second and third up there on the stage at the same time. Um, and, they you know, they did. They actually had almost like a DJ sort of a guy um, doing all the you know, uh, MC duties, you know, many times it's a tournament director or someone like that, but this was more of a, I, I think he was just a higher a voice to be honest. Right. So, uh, so it's a little bit more, you know, Hollywood ish, I guess. And, and then what they did is they said, they gave him each a bottle of champagne and they shook it up, of course. And they just said, and here you are, you're, you know, kind of try to jack up the crowd and got them all excited. And then, they started spraying champagne. There were like sparklers, uh, you know, pyrotechnics going off. They had uh, smoke machines or, you know, I guess it's some, some kind of smoke. The problem was that it totally obscured the guys on the stage. So they had a, you know, a pen right in front of the stage for the media to be in. But we couldn't take any pictures because it was all smoke and sparks and everything. There was no way to get a picture of these guys. So, you know, if I was going to do it again, I'd say put that all that action behind them, you know, at least so we can still see them throughout and get right. a, a few, a few right. pictures. So that was a little weird. But, yeah, they sprayed champagne everywhere and then they were off. So does anybody actually drink champagne anymore? <laughs> I don't ever, you know, they sell a lot of it, but there's a lot of fussing around with it. So, yeah, well, yeah, I think there, I, well, I should say, I do know some people that drink some champagne, but it's usually uh, as a breakfast drink with some orange juice or something. <laughs> right. Right. I get that. I get yeah. that. Um, how were the players? I mean, some of these guys we've taken pictures of, you know, when they were on corn ferry or whatever tour, it doesn't make any difference. Were they in this setting more approachable or did they try to keep them like stars and keep everybody away from them? Um, you know, I think there was a decent amount of interaction with fans. Uh, I, I think these the LIV players have bought into the idea that we might have to do a little bit to help get this thing off the ground. Uh, I think they're, smart enough to know that they can't be aloof and, or, you know, uh, not responsive to the fans. Uh, you know, I saw right. some signing, I saw some fist bumps. I, you know, I saw, you know, tossing a ball to a kid under the rope, you know, behind the rope or something like that. So they were, they were pretty pr approachable. Um, it seemed to me, uh, and they didn't, they didn't seem like they were real fussy about noise in the background or, you know, movement, like some golf tournaments can get pretty, Get yeah, you're pretty, pretty tight. Uh, uh, yeah, uptight about you know movement or sound or whatever. But it, it was kind of they kind of let it go, and it didn't seem like it was a big deal to them. But that, that might be because there's, like I said, it didn't have the same competitive feel. If there was a, if there was maybe a little bit more, I know there was a lot of money on the line, but maybe it's you know if it's a U.S. Open Championship or the British or you know the Masters where it's really about the title and not the money, right. it might be a little bit more. 
you know, uptight about that. I, I'm I'm just curious because these guys have all guaranteed money. They're under contract. Right. So if they don't win, you know, we've seen it at pro tours when a, maybe a guy had a two shot lead going into Sunday and ends up, you know, 18th or something. And mm-hmm. they're, they're usually not too approachable at that point. They're, they're right. pretty ticked off like that. And I'm just wondering if these guys gave off the aura, they might have not, because this is only the second LIV tournament, but at some point I'm curious if, if they will say, well, screw it. My contract, I made, I made a million and a half bucks this week anyway, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious if, if that will ever permeate through the ranks. Probably went for the, the low end guys that mm-hmm. didn't have much of a career or they were really winding down, you know, yeah. but the, some of the, there's some of them that, you know, Pat Perez or people like that, that are kind of hit and miss at times. And I'm just curious about them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I, I, I was going to try and bring up the, the final results and what, what happened, but the, uh, there was a, I read a comment that the guy that came in last, so he came in 48th in Portland, shot, I believe, 28 over par. So in three days, <laughs> you know, he was almost 10 over each day. Right. And he's and he walked away with it. I think the minimum, the low, the last guy got $120,000. So, you know, you can imagine there were some guys that didn't play, you know, maybe we're 10 over. I, I, I haven't looked at all the results, but I think there's probably guys that were over par all three of their rounds and maybe walked away with a million dollars or close to, yeah. um, which it just wouldn't happen on the PGA tour. You know, you're not going to shoot you know, eight or 10 over every day and make any money. You're, you're you know? not so, even going to make the cut, but this thing right. has no cut. So, right. So it's just a really, a, just, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around it and the mentality and, you know, it's, it's like an appearance fee because they know, you know, I, if I go to Portland, I'm going to come back with at least this much money, right. you know, uh, the, to go in my account. So, you know, a lot of these PGA uh, tour events week to week, guys never know, depending on how they're going to play, if they're going to, it's, you know, no money or very little. So right. it's, it's, it's got a real different feel. Yeah. Um, we are going to get out of here and cause we've got Kevin O'Malley coming up next, but Steve is going to stick around and do the after hours with us. You're listening to grilling at the green and I'm JT and uh, we'll be back with Kevin O'Malley talking about his tournament coming up. Uh, and Steve and I will continue this part of the conversation on after hours. Stay with us. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at BenHoganGolf.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on, uh, where are we today? Oh, yeah, we're on AM860, The Answer, Golf News Network, KSEY in Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, K no, it's W E E U back in Pennsylvania, a couple other places out there. Uh, my next guest is Kevin O'Malley. Kevin comes on once a year and, uh, we torment each other. Kevin is the CEO of the Wilsonville chamber of commerce here in, uh, Oregon area. It's just South of Portland. We've got the sixth annual charity scholarship golf tournament coming up July 27th. And this is all for, um, uh, 
benefits of kids and people that want to learn the trades. We'd like to thank uh, the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also Ben Hogan Golf, two are quality clubs at factory direct prices. That's BenHoganGolf.com. Okay, Kevin. Hey, buddy. What's going on? What's going on is I just put on my golf hat. It's time. That's that time of the year, right? It is. It is. The weather is post July 4th. So uh, we uh, we lucked out here in Oregon and got some great weather. And uh, now it's back to a little bit overcast. But on July 27th, we always have great weather, right? I think so. Yes. <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to be anyway. Um, we've got the tournament coming up. And, and, and most folks know that uh, when I bring... Uh, an official like you on Kevin or somebody else. It's because I support the tournaments. And I think these, uh, anything to do with, with scholarships and trades or helping people I'm, I'm in for, you know, so tell us what's going on at the tournament this year. Well, uh, it will be held again at Langdon, uh, which is obviously a great course. Uh, any day out at Langdon is a good day golfing. It's right. always in beautiful shape. And, uh, uh, great people out there. So uh, it'll be a great day of golf, number one. Uh, number two, since it's a chamber, there's lots of uh, interesting business folks that are here from around the Wilsonville area. So that's not just Wilsonville. Uh, we got folks from Salem. We got folks from uh, up in Vancouver and uh, basically anywhere around the Portland metro area that come out to support not only a great day of golf, but our cause, which is workforce scholarships. So you mentioned that's trade. So it could be automotive welding, uh, but it's also workforce, which means it could be somebody going back as an adult to do coding. This was listening on uh, uh, OPB this morning and they were talking about somebody from Broadway that said, I've had enough of Broadway when it went away and became a coder and, and is now a, a tech worker. So uh, that requires going back to school. And if there's a actual program for that, we wanna help support folks going back to, uh, to upskill. Uh, or it could be uh, a high school. So we'll have, we have a number of $1,000 scholarships and uh, we'd like nothing more than to have lots and lots of folks apply. And uh, that's kind of what we're up to. I like that word upskill. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. My wife never used that term though, when she was at least talking to me, because I think <laughs> it was hopeless, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, and I have a genuine interest. I'll, you know, kind of semi full disclosure here. My wife, my wife worked with Kevin for many years. Um, she was on the board there in, in uh, Wilsonville mm -hmm. when she was at the college. She's sort of retired now, sort of kind of. She went back to work today, though. She's only been retired for two weeks and then she went back to work today. Um, but I think it's very important that people, you know, if, if they want to make a decision, if they want to uh, change, like you told the story about the person on Broadway, you know, not everybody has to go to a four year institution and get a sheepskin like I did. And then you come out and do something totally different with your life. You know, that's that's a trail many people have fallen on, I will say. But I think it's really uh, good that people um, are interested in learning the trades. We don't have enough people in the trades right now. And when you think about what we used to call blue collar, there's always been a kind of, well, for lack of a better word, a sense that it's somehow a second-class uh, career. And if anybody's had a plumber to their house lately or an electrician, <laughs> realize that, that um, it is a not only a very important skill uh, and all work has dignity, but uh, the investment to hire those, those folks is right up there with the brain surgeon anymore. <laughs> yeah. So 
So the notion of trade somehow uh, being not, not the same as going to college, hopefully is going away. And we really focus as the chamber on what we call quote unquote work ready, meaning if you want to go to work, what kind of work do you want to do? And um, all work has, has dignity and value. And the fact of the matter is there's more scholarships always been available for college. So the board here said a few years back, uh, six years back, said, let's try to create workforce scholarships. And certainly this year, you can't talk to any business, whether it be in hospitality or it is literally advanced manufacturing who are not looking and scrambling and 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 on their knees trying to to beg uh, folks to come come to work and and uh, and 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 be part of the team there. So it's a it's a pressing need that isn't going to go away in the short term unless we can get people uh, the skills necessary to make it happen for them for their life and for you know for jobs. You know, it's interesting you say that, Kevin, because um, I was talking to my accountant a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they're in the same boat. Yeah. It's a fairly substantial firm. I mean, it's not a firm with 55 accountants in it or, you know, one of those big 10 type deals. But for the Portland area where we live, it's a pr- pretty good firm. And they're behind. And they've yeah. been behind on returns and filings all year long. In fact, this goes even into last year. And I asked him why. He said, we can't get any people. Yeah. He said, we just can't get them. They, I know they offer good money. You know, they're, you're not going to go in there and work for a buck and a quarter an hour type thing, but they can't get them. Why is that? Um, that's a $64,000 question. So from we, we I, I get a chance to sit in with the, the partners in like Clackamas Workforce Partnership, um, where you have all types of, of uh, governmental and, and uh, nonprofit groups that, that help uh, all types of, of folks find work, whether it be a veteran, whether it be um, somebody, again, going back to upskill. And the, the common theme is that from a generational standpoint, first off, the generation of uh, baby boomers is, is aging out. And so you have a, a, a major you know, kind of skill challenge. You, you mentioned Clackamas Community College and some of the work that the great work that they've done over the years with apprenticeships. And you know, when you looked at work like PGE's work, uh, those those folks are are aging out and are deciding right. to retire. And so there has not been over the years enough folks getting in to learn the skilled trades. Uh, so that there's there's a number one challenge. Um, number two challenge is as the economy has has changed and professional skills uh, are not maybe as often part of the curriculum. Um, you have a lot of folks that, that are that w- when they graduate from high school aren't really sure what to do. And that's really where business is finally stepping in, working with schools and universities and saying, mm-hmm. hey, there are great, great careers. So if your son and daughter is in, in high school um, and is graduating and not college isn't, isn't a good fit, uh, I can tell you within, within three miles here, there's 50 jobs uh, for truck driving. Uh, and I'm not talking about long haul over the road truck driving. I'm talking about all the necessary, you know, when you start looking at getting goods to market, um, that's a job that'll start out at you know sixty five thousand dollars a year with paid benefits and the like. Um, you have to have a you know you have to operate in a drug free environment, but um, you know that's a salary that that uh, is is great for you know for somebody starting out and yeah. upward mobility. So there's there's all these areas where we just haven't really kept up on on skills, and uh, you know then there's some challenges with you know going back to work. So for for folks that are doing parenting, uh, unless there's daycare available, childcare, 
Uh, and that's one of the areas where we're working on a, a Southside business group that we're trying to say, hey, how do we help create some incentives uh, for business and maybe even some scholarships uh, to help people um, with what's a big challenge, which is sure. Childcare is really an investment. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Kevin O'Malley, who is the CEO of the Wilsonville Chamber and their sixth annual charity scholarship golf tournaments coming up Wednesday, July 27th. We're going to tell you more about that in just a minute. Please stay with us. Hi, this is Bruce Furman from Langan Farms Golf Club, and uh, I'm the director of instruction there. And I'm going to give you a little tip today. I'm going to talk about uh, number one fundamental in golf, and that's to know where the beer card is at all times. No, not really hit the percussion point or hit the sweet spot on the golf club. And that's not easy. You've got to have a good golf swing to do that. But using launch monitors like a TrackMan or those different launch monitors, we found that you really lose a lot of speed when you miss the percussion point or the sweet spot. So, for example, if you hit it low on your golf club, on your driver, low on the heel will lose almost 9 miles per hour, low in the middle, 7, low on the toe, lose 8 miles per hour. And even in the middle, but you hit the heel or the toe, you're going to lose four, four to three miles per hour. So hitting that sweet spot, if you need more distance, is really important. And one thing you can do to kind of tell where you're hitting it, if you can't tell just by hitting the, the shot and feeling it, is to use some foot powder that's, that's used for, for like uh, athlete's foot, something like tenactin or lamisil, and spray that on your clubs. And then when you hit the ball, it'll leave a mark on your club face, and you'll be able to tell where it is. And just by focusing on hitting the sweet spot and trying to hit the sweet spot more, I think you can do it better and you'll get more distance. Hope that helps you. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. If I find my right page here on my script, I'm JT. Today, we're talking with Kevin O'Malley, the CEO of the Wilsonville Chamber. They've got their sixth annual charity scholarship golf tourney coming up at Langdon Farms on Wednesday, July 27th. Um, how can they find out about it? I mean, they listen to the show, Kevin, but how do they, where do you go? What do you do? Make it, make it easy. WilsonvilleChamber.com is the website right there on the homepage. You can click through, get information. If you're uh, uh, driving, don't don't take this down, but the shortened link is bit.ly. That's bit.ly forward slash golf 2022 tickets. But wilsonvillechamber.com is the best way. You can call us at the chamber. Fundamentally, we wanna say, hey, come on out and golf, grab some buddies, uh, grab some coworkers, grab some customers. You know, everybody's been uh, kind of COVID for a while. And uh, what we're finding is a lot of people are saying, you know, it's really good to be able to get outside and uh, uh, revisit with customers and, and uh, you need to wear masks. That's, that's fine. But otherwise folks are in, outside enjoying a great, great day of golf and, uh, uh, and getting back to, to connecting up with fellow business professionals. There will be some good prizes there oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For, for, for winners and for KPs and for raffles We're we're working on that as we speak. I'll be making my contribution a truckload in, you know, little, little behind on it, Kevin, I won't lie to you, but um, I think we're all a little behind this summer because we've all of a sudden we got sunshine and everybody ran around in circles going, ah, what is that? 
that pr prizes have always been besides, hey, this was just a really fun tournament. Um, do we have uh, do we have a few really competitive folks? Yeah, there's always a few competitive teams, but by and large, everybody's out there to have a good day. Remember their last great shot or their best mulligan <laughs> that they, they saved. And then the common theme we hear is, you know, we had some good food, great luncheon, but it's always about prizes. We, uh, we really do a great job of prizes. It moves really quickly. So we are, uh, we have people on roller skates running around handing out prizes. So you're not sitting there for a long period of time waiting to get, to get, to get home or get back to work. So yeah, it's, uh, uh, we, we enjoy having a great day of golf and meeting everybody and lots of food and fun and prizes. But when, when we're all said and done, we're also being able to say, Hey, this was a really great, great cause. What's, uh, what, what's the start time? It's a seven, seven thirty uh, uh, shotgun start. So uh, basically folks will arrive seven. They got a chance to be able to be at the, uh, uh, at the putting green or at the driving, depending on whether you're, you're putting for dough or uh, what's, what's, what's driving for show putting for dough. Yep. Yep. So grab and go breakfast uh, and then uh, the shotgun start and, uh, and we'll be rolling on back around one o'clock for uh, lunch buffet awards, raffle prizes. And uh, you know, it's a good day. It is a good day. It's always been fun there. It's, it's always been fun. I've played in it. I think every year. Yep. Yes, you have. And uh, my team uh, of reprobates hasn't won anything yet, but we we keep trying. We give it the good old college try. What's for the chamber itself, Kevin, what's the best thing about putting on a tournament like this? I mean, scholarships aside, okay, but what's the best thing that tournaments like this can do for a, a local chamber and local businesses? Yep. So uh a chamber and and it's sometimes folks thinks we're part of the city and we work closely with our city and love working with our city but we're we're a business organization we're a business advocate we're the representative for business in the south metro area which is candy uh sherwood wilsonville west lynn and and twalton so being getting a whole bunch of uh, people from the community together is a lot of fun and a chamber is about making connections you know what when it comes to you know why be a part of the chamber and why belong uh, yeah, to so support the good work, whether it's workforce scholarships or working on tolling and helping small businesses uh, survive, you know, the pandemic. But the most fun is really, uh, particularly post-COVID, is bringing people back together again and uh, just being able to, to share a day and, uh, um, you know, have some fun and, and, and make some great connections. Uh, whether they result in business is always a question of that's not the point necessarily the connection. You meet some great folks and uh, and periodically you say, wait a minute, I remember that person from that golf tournament last year. And, yeah. you know, that's what we do as Chamber. So last couple of years, you kind of skated around playing. You had a bum leg, this and that. Are you actually going to play this year? No, I, I get to be the the let's make sure everybody has fun guy. So uh, we have uh, Debbie Mager, who is uh, going to be our our, our tour day uh, uh, master of ceremonies, uh, and she will be there. You know, we do some fun things. Excellent. Kevin O'Malley, CEO, Wilsonville Chamber, their sixth annual charity scholarship at Langdon Farms on July 27th. Go to the Wilsonville Chamber website. You can punch the links there and sign up, and we look forward to seeing you all out there. Kevin, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. And again, love the show. Let's, let's, let's have some fun grilling and, and green. <laughs> we can do that. Um, we'll be back next week with another edition of Girling at the Green. Until then, I'm JT. Uh, you know, just.
be kind and have some fun out there. Take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.